0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio,
1: 630-CHED. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio,
0: 630-CHED. 27 minutes left in Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca. Or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stauffer recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. Brendan, are you still a fan of the uh, Houston Texans after they traded away uh, Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns?
1: No, I uh, I am happily jumping on the Arizona Cardinals bandwagon. We'll see where
0: this goes. Well, hopefully their quarterback stays uh, happy there. Guy was a heck of a baseball player too, Kyler Murray. We go to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How are you? Great,
2: Bob. You? Are you back in the uh, center of the hockey universe in Toronto? I am indeed you know it comes out of the concrete here you know that. You know
0: what it was great seeing you in Edmonton last week and I know you're a western Canadian at heart growing up in Penticton yep. so um well the, the dust has settled we had you had twice on uh, Monday before uh things all were made official uh mm-hmm. first an overall assessment on the body of work from the Edmonton Oilers Organization from your perspective.
2: Well, I, I think as you and I discussed both on the air and off, it, they weren't going to be able to do very much. Uh, and uh, in fact, I thought, <laughs> in my opinion, they did more than I thought they would. Because uh, I did not see the Broussard, um trade coming because I had been led to believe that they felt they were okay with their forwards. Uh, but if you, if you consider the need for depth and the fact that uh, between now and the end of April, this is really... This is playoff time. Uh, then you have to uh, you have to have lots of depth at uh, at many positions, and Broussard uh, you know f- uh, figures into that. And then the Kulak deal is a good deal. I think he helps the team, so I think in the end, I think Kenny did just fine, and we and, and both of us knew. Even though I still hear it every once in a while, the last two or three days, the Oilers didn't get a goaltender. I never expected them to go get a goaltender. I agree. So it, it it's, it's one of those ones where you just say, guys, we you know every once in a while, Stoffer and Shannon are right. We're not. They, you know, this team was not looking for a goalie.
0: Yeah, we uh, we discussed. Uh, I did think, you know, I'll be honest with you. I did think they were going to get a forward, but I thought they were going to move one out. Uh, they didn't do that. Yes. Uh, but I did think there was going to be two trades. Uh, all right, Evander Kane. He's at 14 goals now in 25 games. Yeah. They got what? I got, uh, well, I got 18, 18. left. He's on pace for 25 or 26 goals. Is this? Uh, I I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but he's kind of exactly what they've needed the last several years for a top six
2: forward, isn't he? He is, and, and he as uh, as one of those doubting Thomases, um, and I was a doubting Thomas uh, when when the, when the Kane rumors started, and then the Kane signing occurred. Uh, I, I'm I'm prepared to eat my words on this. He's he's been he's been very good. Uh, I knew he was a good hockey player. Um, I I did not believe, to be honest, Bob. I did not believe that he could play focused, uh, and he has played focused and uh, and and good on him you know there, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed at some point still uh but evander kane has done his part of the job at this point
0: it's funny john because when he does media he is really well spoken and really engaging i had one of the media brethren suggest to me well that's because he knows how to con people i thought that might have been a little bit harsh and because because i kind of look at it like no this guy this guy is, he's a smart, like, he's a smart guy. Like, when you...
2: Well, he, he, here, here's the thing. He, here's the thing. Um, you know, people, I, I know the famous line, leopards can't change their spots. Um, but we've all learned over our lives. We have all improved as people. Uh, and and there's, there's no reason to think that if you're smart uh, and you have been, you know, shocked into... scenario and let's face it I do believe that Evander in in his personal life and his professional life has been shocked into things you can change and you can become a better person Uh, you can hope to become a better person and perhaps uh, And I'm not espousing that uh, because I don't know him at all I've talked to him a couple of times just one-on-one you can you can only hope that he he has has become a better person because Um, You know, his play is indicative. If his play is indicative, his interviews are indicative, then perhaps we're seeing something on a positive side.
0: Yeah, we have a guy named Phil Fearlefin. He's a Northern California guy that listens to the show. And uh, he, by the way, he's passed along about note that Kakanen's starting and that we are going to to end up seeing Timo Meyer tomorrow. So that's what his sources are telling him. Uh, this has got to be heartbreaking for him because obviously Kane went in there on the seven-year deal and killed it early. And everybody that's a Kane hater out there is going to sit there and say, well, he did the same thing. And he, he behaved after the trade deadline when he went into San Jose, got a three-year deal. He was pretty good offensively, or a seven-year deal. He was pretty good in the first three years' that deal as well. Right yeah. now, John, there's some heat on Darnell Nurse. Um, Darnell had some tough moments in last night's game. The Oilers played two pretty good teams back-to-back. No one's faulting them for the gamesmanship that Nazem Kadri showed when he ripped off his helmet uh, in the overtime. Um, You know, there's there's great. I think there's a a suggestion from some that Darnell caught lightning in the bottle, played only in the Canadian division, put up inflated stats that led to the goal totals last year, and of course he's got an eight-year contract at nine point what is it two five or nine point five million. Give give me your assessment of what we're seeing right now of Nurse.
2: Well, uh, the overall is I I think very positive. Um, Did he make mistakes? Uh, I mean, he listen. Whether Cadre did it intentionally or how it got off, he's not a smart player too. Uh, I mean, Dar- Darnell had a choice. Either go and play the puck and get a penalty uh, or go to the bench. I, I've actually wondered, and it's, it's probably worth a conversation with the coach at some point, is if you are in the three-on-three tournament like they are, like they were in Denver, and you're the last man back and you lose your helmet, should you continue to play and take the penalty? And the answer is, you might have to. You know, the classic, that's a good penalty to take. Uh, But if his helmet's off, he left the ice because that's what the rules call for. And and when you have the long change in overtime, Bob, you know that's that's the, that's a tough one. It's it's probably it's probably something that the guys have addressed in the last 48 hours. Uh, but but you know as far as as far as his overall play from start to, to end in in the game in Dallas, could he have been better? Sure, he could have been better. But you you cannot micromanage what a guy goes through every game. If you're going to do that, nobody's going to be perfect. Everybody. I mean, how many mistakes does Connor make? Connor makes mistakes. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a difficult position to play. I, I have seen uh, Darnell play since he played in Sault Saint Marie. There were times where, as a junior player, he tried to do too much. There's been times in his NHL career uh, that he's tried to do too much. Jim Playfair helped Darnell get to this level, uh, and I expect Dave Manson to help him to get to another level above this.
0: All right, real hard-hitting stuff coming in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line right now. Uh, Andrew Cito out of Nelson, BC says, Bob, John Shannon is a good old Oliver boy, not Penticton. Can you please ask him if he ever used to party at the old Central Manor, which is apparently right behind the 7-Eleven in the heart of Oliver? <laughs>
2: I, I, here. Listen, listen, listen. Here, here's, the, here's the thing. He, 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 uh, Andrew's very correct. I am an Oliver boy. I did spend a ton of time in Penticton and no, very few people know where Oliver is. So when somebody says Penticton, I just let it go and say, yeah, Penticton, because I, I quite I, I love Penticton, too. Uh, and I refuse to comment on anything of my private life when I was 17 years old.
0: Uh, well, I'm I'm surprised there were even
2: bars when you were 17. I mean, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, we don't talk about no, commercial. but the, you know, the old liquor store in Oliver. The yeah. old liquor store in Oliver was the old fashioned liquor store uh, where you had to go to the front desk to the cashier to order and they would go back into the shelves and pick it up. And the problem was is that my father was the high school principal there and everybody knew everybody. That's not to say I was a drinker, Bob, and, and what, but everybody was, knew everybody. Was
0: the drinking age uh, 19 back then in BC as well? It was 21. It was
2: 21. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You see, I'm really old, Bob.
0: I'm see, really I think old. if they can send you off to fight in a war, you should be able to have a drink. That's always been my theory. Well, so.
2: and I think that, I think that, w- w- that, that happened in our country. The logic did finally occur in our I, country.
0: I, so. In fact, I've, uh, when I, when I decide to get in engaged conversations with Americans sometimes, you know, uh, about guns. And uh, and wars and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I recall one time traveling with the, the Golden Bears, and uh, I was it was the Great Western Forum freeze out. Uh, Bruce McDonald, uh, using other people's money, uh, flew in uh, the Golden Bears oh, in go. and Michigan State and Denver. And uh, anyways, some of the Michigan State parents were upset because I had an entire you know, in one of those carts that you wheel in there for luggage, I, I I had bought the Golden Bears, like, I don't know, 500, 600 bucks worth of booze, and we are going to have a party, and they are like, is that appropriate that you guys are, and I looked at them, and I said, look, I'm Canadian, I'm 22, and I go, your country's screwed. You send your boys off to, to fight battles, but they can't even have a drink? Like, come on, does, doesn't that seem a little, you know? It's, anyways, I always just have fun with
2: them. Bob, Bob, you can have that conversation about Americans in Canada, doing it in America. America. Let me give you a little bit of advice. That's not a good idea.
0: Yeah, Man,
2: well, not a good idea.
0: All uh, right. You know, I'm just having fun with them. John, great stuff. We got Brent Kulak coming up. We'll talk on Monday. OK, good. Good. There, talk to you soon. You bet. Uh, that is John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. He is our NHL insider. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get him with no payments. And no- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Check. For a year, that's how you build a legacy, legacy, heating and cooling. We will come back with uh, one of the newest members of the Emmett Oilers, Brett Kulak, when we return in Oilers Now. This
1: is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
0: Back-to-back late ones on the road, let me tell you. Rolled into Big D. Hotel at four. Uh, last night, played Colorado. Could have won the game. Got back into E-Town. I don't know, 3.30ish, 4. It's gorgeous out. How about the weather today? Awesome. Without further ado, we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. It is currently 1.48 and welcome. Uh, we didn't get a chance to get Brett Kulak on the show on Monday because we were on from 11 to 2 and the trade wasn't made official uh, until later in the afternoon. Then he did his availability. So uh, we are pleased to be joined by one of the newest members of the Edmonton Letters. He is from these parts. We welcome to the show Brett Kulak. Brett, Bob Stopper, how are you doing?
1: Hey, Bob. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show today.
0: Yeah. Uh, has it... Uh, when did it sink in for you? Like uh, I know that Frank Cervelli reported uh, probably around uh, I think it was about 12:40 Eastern, 10:40 our time here, and then I I got a hold of Jerry uh, and knew that you were coming. But uh, w- w- at what point did it kind of uh, you know kind of all, all come together for you that you were going to be heading into Edmonton?
1: Yeah, it was uh, early afternoon for me out east anyway, and. Uh the GM with the Canadians called me and said we're we're moving you back home to Edmonton, and uh, I was excited right away. It was just you know you got the stresses of packing up your place you just live in and just buttoning a bunch of things up and preparing to make the move, but uh, it feels good. And you know getting getting into Edmonton last night and getting on the ice for a little skate and tour around the facilities and kind of getting familiar with everything here. It's exciting and uh, I'm really happy
0: you grew up in these parts how were your family uh, when they heard the news that you were uh, becoming an oiler
1: uh very very excited i know the story's been circulating a bit calling my dad and you know he's putting the work on hold he was he was on the farm the tractor and you know his eyes starting to water up and down. and i said uh, i'm now an edmonton oiler so it was a pretty cool moment for him and i and uh yeah, it'll be a lot easier for them to just pop into the city and watch games now and see me live, that's for sure. Uh,
0: one of my memories of you, uh, and I did see a play in the dub, but it was actually as a flame. It was in Connor's rookie season, uh, and it was early. The first time Connor went a Calgary, he scored a couple goals. The Oilers won the game 5-2, but it was on a play he didn't score on. You played it about as well as anybody could. But nobody has that kind of edge control like McDavid did. And just the crowd in the saddle, though, when you were back and I, you were the defender. I don't know if you remember that play, but I was like, wow. This like, you know, I was thinking we'd seen McDavid do some things already. Like Chris Knobloch, you know, played at the U of A and he coached there, and He said, stop you're going to see Connor do stuff four or five years in that nobody else in the world's done and, and you haven't seen yet. But do you remember that sequence where he came down and cut from the right into the middle of the ice on you and, and sort of, and you're you're back defended?
1: Uh, I don't but that's happened almost every game I played against him. So, you know, he's, uh, he's a tough guy to contain out there and you never know what he's going to do. And like you say, like he can cut right to left and cover a big amount of ice in a, in a short amount of time. So, uh, I don't remember that play specifically, but uh, playing against that guy, yeah, you got an extra boost of adrenaline that shift for sure, and you you got to keep a close eye on them and know what's going on at all times.
0: All right, well, let's get to some specifics for you. What did that playoff uh, run last year with the Montreal Canadiens mean for you, and how much experience did you gain from that?
1: It was it was huge for me, you know. Making the playoffs is one thing, and it was it was hard for us to get in. First of all, we were playing playoff style hockey, right, for the last chunk of the season, just to make sure we kind of got our spot. And we ended up getting in, and then uh, going round around. It was just it was getting harder and harder. And I uh, you you learn a ton, you know. You learn how how meaningful every single play is and every shift is and how big of a swing anything can have in the game and, uh, just, just how hard it is every shift by shift physically and mentally and the toll it takes on you, but, uh, also how uh, rewarding it is to get the wins and, and win series and move on to the rounds and, uh, take on new teams, new challenges. And, uh, yeah winning you know last year just the circumstance it was we won the western conference trophy and that uh winning that was just like a, such a good feeling the victory and bringing the trophy into the dressing room and everyone was happy and no one were heading to the stanley cup final so it was a huge experience for me and um i'm, I'm hoping to get back there very soon hopefully this year all right uh you came in, you know, in the
0: WHL, you're an offensive defenseman for the Giants. You've kind of, is it fair to say your game's evolved a bit? How would you describe yourself, Brett, as a player?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, early in your NHL career, you've, you've got to make sure you're clean in your own zone and and you show your ability to, like, just stop a team's offense so i think that you know over the years that's uh, something that took the forefront but now getting more years under my belt and learning how i can you know use my skills my skating and puck movement a little more i think uh i've found i can bring back a little more of the offensive side too but you know for me it's always first and foremost is uh, make sure I'm, I'm clean on the defensive side of the puck what
0: uh, and look, they had. I mean, their top four was off the charts. So that was. And I'm, I'll tell you right now, Ken Holland told me at the start of the 2021 season in January, he said Montreal's got a playoff team. If they get there, they're going to be a challenge. Had the big, you know, obviously Shea Weber and Edmondson and Chara. Uh, uh, along with Jeff Petrie, who's a great guy. But uh, just yeah. just a thought, uh, a couple of those guys weren't available this year. I know you played a bit with Jeff. How much uh, specifically, how much have you have you evolved as a penalty killer? You've been given more t- uh, responsibility in that role here over the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Like you say, you know, a couple of guys uh, step out of lineup with injuries or whatever it may be. And, uh, yeah, so as of late this past season, especially I've been given a lot more opportunity on the penalty kill. And it, it helps your whole game, you know, you get out there, you block a shot and it just it wakes you up if you need it early in the game and it gets you into the game and whatever, it keeps your, keep, keeps your shifts regular and keeps you making plays. And so it helps your overall game. But uh, yeah, I felt like I was uh, definitely developed a lot as a penalty kill. You learn a lot about other teams, power plays and what those uh, talented offensive guys like to do. So, Brett, uh,
0: we'll uh, see you down there uh, over the next couple of days and uh, obviously on the plane for Calgary on Friday. But thank you for taking time to join us here in Oiters now, and I hope it's a wonderful experience for you and your family here in town.
1: Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show again, and yeah, we'll see you soon.
0: All right, there you go. That's Brett Kulak, the newest member of the uh, Edmonton Oiters. Uh, you just if, if you if you got a second, just and I don't know the exact date, but it would have probably been I don't know second week of October, and around the 15th, 16th of the 2015-16 season. McDavid had two goals. He scored a beauty in the first, but it was two plays he made in the third, and it was in Calgary. And you you know we have fun in the Battle of Alberta, but the reality is hockey fans in our country know the game. And you know when you're watching a guy that good, I just remember McDavid coming down on him and I mean Kulak was a rookie at that point, so was so was Connor. And it was like, Holy wow. Very quickly in the list, Oilers' history for New West travel. we got a couple spots left. Uh, you can fly Flair Airlines to Nashville for $1,750. We're going to go back to 1983 when yours truly was uh, 17 and only had one chin. Brendan,
1: what do you got? Mark Messier became the third player in Oilers' history to score 100 points in a season when he picked up a goal in a 7-4 loss to the Winnipeg Jets at Winnipeg.
0: Saw Messier last night. He was working the ESPN broadcast. Uh, Paul Coffey there as well. You know, Mark 61, I I don't know, like... What do you get, 15 goals today? I mean, he's only, 50, you know, 60 once. It would be tougher to get more than that. Uh, Flair Airlines has got that trip for you in Nashville. I think we got a couple spots left. You can jump aboard to newwesttravel.com. Tomorrow, full preview of the Oilers matchup against the San Jose Sharks. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeRusque for GCL Diesel. And for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service electrical, prefabrication and solar, Kevin Weeks. Up next, Oh, we should mention, Reed Wilkins has got Inside Sports Night 6-8. What's he got shaking?
1: You We'll hear from uh, Craig McTavish and Kelly Rudy on the Oilers and uh, U of A Golden Bears football coach Chris Moore. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.